Thank you, everybody. John, the uh, fifth chapter, that's the Gospel of John. It's an interesting story about a man who had uh, paralyzed for some 38 years. It's a story that you know. Don't assume everyone here knows the story. Just don't do that. I uh, want to speak in the subject matter tonight, and the title of the message is uh, His Touch. I think sometimes that uh, the culture in which we live can adversely affect us as it relates to our spiritual behavior. That is to believe that in spite of what we hear, see, and experience or hear about in the news spin, that, that we still believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the right hand of the Heavenly Father and that He's making intercession for us. Sometimes it's easy to forget that there is no promise of tomorrow, that Jesus could come back right now. As a matter of fact, there is no prophecy that has to be fulfilled in order for the rapture to take place. The last of the fulfillments was Israel once again gaining back the advantage there in Israel and established a nation. It was one of the last prophetic or prophecies that needed to be fulfilled. He could come at any moment. So we believe that he's coming back and he could come back now and you really lock that into your system. It might have the ability to cause you to have a little different perspective in how you live tomorrow. If you believe that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, that he is not dead, that he is very much alive, and that when he ascended, his sole purpose right now is to intercede for you when you're awake, when you're asleep, in every moment of your life. I often think, what would my life be like, and maybe yours, as it relates to what the devil would like to do to me and do to you and do to your family if Jesus were not interceding for me. There is some of our culture that believes, all right, we've got angels and angels are protecting us and angels are hovering and and God bless all the angels. But let me tell you the value of an angel, that when you walk into the presence of Jesus, all the angels have to step aside because you are the chosen creation of Almighty God to give God purpose and to give Him praise and to give Him honor. Angels, all right, we do. We say thank God for the angels, but the angels are not my protection. Here is my protection. My protection is found in my trust relationship with Jesus, that he makes intercession for me and stands between me and what the enemy would like to do to me, to my family, to you, and to our church. How many of you believe that? I still believe also that Jesus still heals. I received a testimony coming in from Brother Anderson Sr. He said his wife, she's doing much better, but her sister came down Sunday night when we said, if you'd like to come and stand in from someone. And in fact, she responded to that. She came to the altar. Brother Anderson's testimony to me a few moments ago, my wife knew, my wife knew she felt something when her sisters, they compared notes, came down to the altar and stood and she felt something touch her body. And I'm telling you, God, 
God touched her and gave her a healing. And that took place on Sunday night. I asked myself, God, how much more of that do you choose to do? I think if we're not careful, we give up too soon. I think that, that we give up too soon in believing what God can do in our own individual lives. If I were to say, would you really like to get closer to Jesus? Would you really want to get so close to him that you feel the unity of the Holy Spirit working in your life? Do you want to be close enough that you believe that God speaks to you and walks with you every single day? Well, you say, well, that's what I want. But you know, to engage in a higher level from where you are now to where you really want to be, there might be some tweaks that need to take place. Maybe fasting and more praying and spending more time in the presence of Jesus and making yourself available to him and making sacrifices and trusting that God will in fact give you the touch that you need. Here's something else I think that we have to be careful of. I think we have to be careful of, of looking at our daily lives as being routine. You see, you cannot touch a 220 electrical current and remain the same. Your life will no longer be routine. For you ladies, I'm not taking you for granted, but if you plug a lamp in, that's a 110, okay? That's 110 right there. Plug that lamp in. It still will give you a little whiz. But your dryer that, that dries your clothes is a 220. I tried a little work being a handyman in my first church. We had no money. We bought a used dryer. I thought I'm going to hook it up. I didn't think about getting a permit. That was back in 19, maybe 1969, 1970. I thought I know I was raised on the farm. I know how to put wires together. But some way or another, my screwdriver made a connection with that other one. My screwdriver was about that long. The handle made it even longer. By the time I got loose and the thing, the fuse blew, my screwdriver had shrunk about that much. You know, I still have that screwdriver. I am so determined I have put it on a deal and sanded it off or waited so I could still use it and think, you're, you're not going to take my screwdriver from me. But you can't, you can't touch that and expect to remain the same. So this message tonight has to do, for example, with a culture that had settled in. And I want you to please try to understand Jesus comes on the scene of the Jewish culture. It's three years of adamant, forceful, purposeful ministry. He's preaching a message starting in the Beatitudes that we've been preaching on. And he that says this happy are you blessed are you you know this coming this coming sunday blessed are you that that are you know the individuals that are peacemakers blessed are the peacemakers you know and that's what we're going to talk about this sunday but it changed the culture 
So then he goes, you remember his first miracle? I mean, there are not any medicine men around. His mother had no idea. She knew he's an unusual child, but all mamas feel that way, you know? And I've seen some kids, I'm thinking they're, they're really unusual. But she asked Jesus, do I believe that she was cognizant of what she was asking for? Turn, do something about the lack of wine. And Jesus said to her, you're premature to show you the influence of a mama. He performed the miracle because he didn't want to dis disappoint his mother. That set the stage. This is prior to calling disciples. This is prior to the active of his ministry. It's now initiated. And he's on and he picks disciples that were scoundrels, some of them. You know them. And he starts his band of ministry. And we find now that he's made it into Jerusalem. Jerusalem, of course, is the town center. It is, we know, the holy city. It is a place where activity, where traders came, where people came to the temple and people came to do prayers and get penance and all that goes with it. And Jesus brought his ministry. And the individuals that were there had no idea who he was nor the impact he was going to have on their lives. So we could say, you're forgiven because you did not know who he was. You had no idea that he was the Son of God. But you and I cannot use that excuse because we know who he is. We know that he is alive. We know he dwells in us. We know he goes before us. And, and here's what we know. We know what he requires. And what is it? If you choose to follow me and to gain spiritual maturity, you're going to have to remember to deny yourself. That means you're going to have to think about your relationship with me and give the time to have that relationship more than you really care about yourselves, more than you care about possession, more than you care about family. You love God first with everything that is within you. So here's what I believe based on Scripture. I am seeing, for example, on the news last evening, a group of individuals that might be considered conservatives on a major university. They're conservatives as it relates to their core value. They're conservatives about prayer. They're conservatives. This is a college campus. And the other student government leaders voted to cause that group of students with conservative values not to have a place on that student campus to propagate their conservative culture. And they had enough votes to do it. Now, I'm not a spooky person, 
But I know when I see parallels in the Bible, and I see parallels that are taking place on the end times. And I've been preaching end times my whole life in ministry, 45 plus years. But I am seeing more today activity, more activity in the satanic realm, in the realm of darkness, in the realm of blindness, in the realm of stubbornness, in the realm of anti-Christ that I have ever seen before. But listen carefully. I also read the book that there have been plenty of times that it appeared that the enemy was in control. Amen? We can take a look at Elijah. Let's bring them all to the table. God said, I'm fed up. I'm put up. I'm done up. I'm about ready to throw up. So get an altar, get it out there, and let's show them one more time. How many times do they have to be shown? One more time. And you know the story. God prevailed. And what did it do? It brought salvation. It brought death to the prophets of Baal. And it brought salvation to the people of God because they, they had forgotten who Jehovah God was. So when I see situations that are taking place in the culture, and listen, please, if you think America is losing its touch as it relates to Christian culture, go to Europe. You will find out, which many believe, what happens in the West, for example in California, eventually matriculates over to the rest of the nation. And what happens in Europe usually, unfortunately, matriculates into what's happening in our nation, in America. And you can study that and you can see it. And so when those things happen, when those things happen and you see the power of darkness and the lack of a belief system, because churches in Europe, you can go to the greatest cathedrals there. And you won't find an audience of people dedicated to the church of Jesus Christ. But in this room is a spirit. And it's the spirit of power and faith and belief that God says if two or three catch fire if two or three catch fire i will send an anointing and i will be among them and they will do great and mighty things here's what else i know most all of us in this room right now if we pause long enough to think there is something that you need God to do. You need God to do something that does not benefit you, that may benefit or will benefit someone else, that family member that's lost, or something of that nature. Say, God, you know what? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you worked that out? But the question is, 
Do we believe? Do we believe that he can? And are we working toward seeing the fulfillment of that miracle? So, it's a manifestation of the blessings. Two extremes happen. When, when the enemy rises up in darkness, then I know that revival and the anointing of God always meets the enemy head on in every situation. It was true, as I mentioned to you just now, there at Mount Carmel. Jesus walks up, and it's the pool, pool of Bethesda. He's there. I've been to that place where they say it was. I have been through that gate, walked through that gate to that place. And the Lord willing, we are preparing a trip back to Israel. I want you to go. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you, it's an unbelievable experience if the Lord tarries. You know the pool. I've seen it. It's where the angel came, stirred the pool once ever so often, and it happened. One individual, Benjamin Desirelli, said, the great secret of success in life is for a man to be ready when his opportunity comes. And when is that opportunity? We have spiritual opportunities every Sunday morning when we open these altars up and say, if you need healing, if you need anointing, you need to get in this altar. Those are opportunities. Do you know what he said? The great secret of getting what you need is often being obedient to whatever is stated in the house of God. We have to prepare, I think, for the blessing of the Lord. So how do I look? How do you, it's like, like, uh, you know, like a person getting ready to go out on a date. How many of you remember when you used to date? May I see your hand? You had a honey. Sure. How many, and, and you know what? The, the old boy would get up and I mean, get ready. And, and some of you, if you still date, how wonderful is that? But I mean, the beauty of it, he gets on his best, whatever, you know, Joe Cool, and she goes up and she powders up, she braids up, she smells up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She comes into that room and he stands there and thinks, great, day in the morning. She spends a lot of time getting ready to go out on that date. She's preparing to be able to go out. And we know that that's what's happening in our world today. The church needs to be preparing for two things. One, we need to be preparing for a mighty move of God, and we need to be preparing for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the rapture. Somebody say amen. We need to be preparing for that. So it says the angel went at certain seasons and to the pool and troubled the water, and he stirred the water. If you were there where I stood and you could see the colonnade along the way. It was an atmosphere of expectancy. Why? That angel might come today. There is a parallel. We believe the rapture could take place today. It was the gathering place because the miracles took place. If you got in the pool, it was a hope for the hopeless. Maybe I'll be the one to get in there. Maybe I'll be the one to get blessed this time. You say, is it really? Is that really the way it is? Yeah, just go to Las Vegas. There are those that say, I believe I'm going to win. Just pull this handle. Just check out those who buy lotto cards. I believe a if I scratch this off, I'm a winner. I believe if I cash in on that, I'm a winner. What the culture is saying to us, hey, we believe in something and we're willing to risk something to see that we might get what we believe we might get by making this risk. What's wrong with settling down and saying, God, I believe every word of your book and I'm willing to risk unbelief. I'm willing to stake my claim. I'm willing to believe that whatever it is that you want, you're going to bring it to pass by your favor. Somebody say amen. 
I was raised here in Polk County. You could always tell when a storm was coming. How many felt the storm last night? A little lightning, a little thunder. How many let the light, you woke up when you heard all that roar, you know, I, I, I woke up. The Lord, how mercy it's the clouds roll in and you can, you can sense. How many know you can smell the rain? Yeah, you can smell it. You see, when those things begin to happen and you say it, it's going to rain, Sharon will say it's, it's raining right over there. Uh, you, you prepare for that. She'll say to me, you want to take an umbrella in? And I, uh, you can take one because I'm fast. I don't need it. Being raised in Florida, it'll be rained out by the time I get through eating. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And I have lost a time or two and got really wet, which is okay too. You know, I'd rather be a bit of a risk taker. Amen? Because water never hurt anybody unless you're underneath with your nose. Here's what a storm does, rain always interrupts the routine. So here's what I believe. I'm, I'm asking you to believe with me. Believe with me in your prayer life, in your fasting time, that God is stirring up his supernatural presence and beginning to blow his Holy Spirit on his church that believe that there are lost people that are beginning to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that God, believe with me, pray to that end, that the Spirit of the Lord is being stirred. That's when they were at the pool, of course, that individuals that were there, it was the place where the miracles took, could take place, discernment could be experienced, all because we believe. So I'm asking you, would you join me and these next several months, unless believe, God, I want to see people saved. I want to see them healed. I want to work toward that. I want, to, I want to be all that I can be to know that, God, in this altar, lives are going to be transformed. And then I think you have to state your desire with passion. Jesus talks to the man, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get in the pool when the water's stirred. And when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down before me. There were always hundreds around the pool. They never knew. But you had to be the first one. Jesus walks by 38 years. He's an invalid. I don't know what drew Jesus to him, but it did. Jesus said, he doesn't say, hi, I'm Jesus. What's your what?" What's your name? How long have you been out here? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your relatives? Tell me about your relatives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus walks up. He didn't stick his hand out and say, hey, I'm Jesus. What's your name? He said this, wilt thou be made whole? Let me cut right down, right down to brass tacks. Will you be made? Do you want to be made whole? And that is the staggering question that God's speaking to you and me. Do you want a greater touch of God in your life than you have ever had? Is that what you want? I've heard you ask for a lot of things, but do you want me to come down and lay my hand of anointing on you. 
That's a good question. Will thou be made whole? The man didn't answer the question. He offered Jesus an excuse. No man will help me. Someone always gets in first. I said to someone the other day, I haven't seen you in church in a month. Where are you at? Well, we've had this, and we've had this, and then one week we were sick, and then there was something else that happened. And I, I have a pretty good relationship with them, and I said, no, you chose not to come to church. That's why you didn't come. Because I have a firm conviction that people will make a great, great effort to do what they really want to do. Amen? Is this, is this, is this with enough, enough grace to everybody? Amen? I don't want to be too stiff. I just want to tell you it's a message. See, Sometimes you can get comfortable in your own spirit man. And no doubt there were many that, that if we're not careful, we lose our passion for renewal. Church and becomes routine and coming to church and we start making plans that, that doesn't answer the question, do you want to get a greater touch? We become, if we're not careful, a bit apathetic. And when you become apathetic, you start complaining. It always goes with apathy. You begin to blame instead of remaining creative. You don't recognize the solution sometimes when it's right before you. And we have the ability just to fulfill the quota. But when Pentecost came... In the Azusa Street Revival, everything that made sense to create a revival was absent. And that which did not make sense was present. And that is to say that there were those that were nobodies, but had a deep hunger to fast and pray and sacrifice until a mighty move in the Azusa Street Revival that launched what we know today as the Pentecostal movement that was re-energized in the 70s by the charismatic renewal. Where at, in fact, Notre Dame, that Catholic university sponsored by the Catholic, had a mighty outpouring, classes suspended Students who had no idea because they'd not been taught anything about the power of the Holy Spirit were miraculously touched and gained heavenly languages. We should never consider to be beyond that. If it's not careful, we don't recognize the solution that is before us. And the solution to everything is always God always it's always God he is the answer I love the story it's a true story I double checked it again today it's the article that appeared in uh, the LA Times happened in North Hollywood a number of years ago and the article is a man just can't sit around 
a man just can't or a man just can't sit around and it was about Larry Walters. Larry Walters wanted to fly, wanted to be a pilot, joined the Air Force, had bad eyesight, didn't make it in, settled down. His uh, little home, of course, was near the path where the jets would fly and sprint in the air. Uh, LAX, of course, is located near the coast there and uh, was unbelievable. And, and finally, he got such a hankering to fly, he came up, true story, with the idea that that I'm, gonna, I'm going to fly, and he got a lawn chair that was a pretty sturdy lawn chair, went down to the Army-Navy surplus store, bought 45 of those big helium balloons, weather balloons, 45 of them, got a helium tank and took it home, and in fact anchored the chair to his uh, car. His friends around, his girlfriend were there, took him several days to do it, got him some water, got him a, a BB gun, a pellet gun, and, and uh, got him some food and et cetera. And, and he just put all 45 of those balloons uh, located on that uh, lawn chair. And the day finally came, he had a walkie-talkie. I saw the video, three different videos. Took the walkie-talkie and said, I'm ready to go. His girlfriend, will you go? And when they released the cord, the rope that was holding the chair down, he shot like a bullet right up in the air. Uh, he over, he just over got too many balloons. And he thought it would just hover maybe a thousand feet or so. He got up, one story says he got up to 16,000 feet up. 10,000 is pretty good. You're going to need a little oxygen. And there was, a, there was also a Pan Am flight uh, because he drifted over in the flight pattern of LAX. And a Pan Am guy looked to, at 10 o'clock, he looked to 10 o'clock and he said, you know, Tower, there's a guy with a bunch of balloons sitting in a lawn chair to my left. <laughs> and you're going to need to do something about it. Larry, of course, shot out seven of the balloons uh, trying to be lowered, and then he, his gun dropped, and so he no longer had the gun. He was in that chair between 12 and 14 hours. Then the wind began to blow him out in the ocean. By this time, the tower, and so we got to find out what's going on. Naval helicopters got and went, and it was a horrible time trying to rescue him. Uh, to because the helicopter would send the balloons flying, and finally they 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 worked it out and they rescued him. And when they sat down with him, the police arrested him. Uh, and one of the reporters that was there uh, said, "Larry, Mr. Walters, why did you why did you do it?" And his response was. A man can't just sit around. <laughs> you can Google that. It's there. Wilt thou be made whole? As an individual, as a family, for you and your kids, do you want a fresh anointing? As a person, do you want to be closer to God than you've ever been without being made whole? The crippled man said, nobody will help me. 
He did not answer Jesus' question, but he gave the common thing that we often do was an excuse. You see, for you to move from where you are to where you can have your dreams fulfilled for a dynamic anointing of God, and friend, people around you need to watch you become more anointed than ever because they are dependent on you. You are your brother's keeper. You are to give inspiration. So if we find our prayer closet, we, we revisit those things that give us purpose, our past promises, and we re-identify, I still believe he can turn water into wine, and I still believe that he can heal, and I still believe that he can save John Wicker said, opportunities multiply as they are seized, but they die when neglected. Life is a long line of opportunities. Finally, finally, be prepared to jump. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. It's as if Jesus did not hear his excuse. It's as if it didn't register. And I really was troubled over that until I believe the Lord imparted. I think the Lord is so anxious to see us have that divine anointing that he doesn't listen to our chatter sometimes. I think he's so focused and says, I can touch you and it will give you the greatest experience you've ever had. I can heal. I can save. I can redeem. And he doesn't hear our chatter. He's just saying, hey, here, here's an opportunity. Get up. Pick up your mat. That's an exercise that he had to partake in. Why didn't he just say, get up, forget your mat? But there was something the man needed to do at the voice of Jesus. You get up. Okay, now you pick up your mat and you get out of here. And there will always be something in times of fasting and prayer. There's always something that we have to be prepared in order to jump. Jesus' presence at the pool represented this was something else. No longer are you going to need an angel to be able to just stir the water in the pool. That's what has been happening. But right now, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus, the supreme healer, is in your midst. If you listen to what he says, you will get the results that he desires. Amen. He was the one that turned water into wine, healed the lame men, healed the blind men, healed the brokenhearted, brought the dead back to life again. You didn't need a pool when you've got the hand of the one, hallelujah, who is all-powerful. Somebody say amen tonight. And that's where it really is at. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. If you prepare for the blessing, if you say, God, you're asking me, do I want to be made whole? My answer is yes. And God, I want to be so sensitive to what you ask me to do. I want to get some activity in my life. And I'm going to believe. And it will happen. Would you stand, Heavenly Father? I thank you.
for the abundance and the wisdom of your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you because many in this room have a whole lot of things that they need you to do. Many in this room, Father God, know what it meant when I said, well, they've become weary and well-doing or maybe a little apathy here and there. But Jesus, don't let us miss the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Don't let us miss the desire of your heart to anoint us. Don't let us miss that we don't have to look back to when we were first saved and say, oh, my heart was so filled with gladness and excitement. Don't let that be in the past. Let it be so today. Let it be greater today. Let there be a divine anointing today. Let us listen to you. Let us once again, Father, be willing to do what it takes to pick the mat, to exercise the structure that says, God, I'll do whatever I need to do. God, I breathe upon, breathe upon, breathe upon me. Let me feel the stirring of your Holy Spirit. Here in this room right now are some of you, and you may not even know Jesus. Or maybe you've been running around on God. If you know what I mean, you haven't been faithful. All right now, I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer because I believe when we repeat it, that God hears it if we're sincere. Let's say it together, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I am truly sorry. I am truly sorry. I need help. I need help. I cannot make it. I cannot make on it my own. on my own. I have been stubborn. I've been stubborn. I have neglected you. I've neglected you. But tonight, but tonight, I am asking you. I'm asking you to forgive me. To forgive. To redeem me. To redeem me. To fill me, to me with your precious anointing. Your precious anointing. God, I want to be on fire. God, I want to be on fire. I don't want to be a slumbering flame. I want to be, flame. Flame. I want to be filled I want to be with filled. Expectancy, expectancy to believe you can do anything. Anything. Do it in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, I believe as simply as I spoke that God can heal you. I believe this is a moment in someone's life. And I want to be careful because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I want someone to be careful that you don't get off track because if you continue on the journey you're on now, you will get off track and wreck. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you as I speak. You don't want to get off track. There are too many people that depend on you. Too many people, you please listen to what God is saying. Let him speak to you. And let me ask you, let the Holy Spirit anoint you and slip on in this altar. So as we sing, whatever you need, we're just going to believe God. You come right now. Would you do that? Let's trust God together.